Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Janae Franco Show, episode three. I am so, so excited that you guys have been so supportive. Uh, and especially today when I had to pivot a little bit and switch it from Wednesday to Thursday. Thankfully, my house is very quiet today. So uh, hopefully all will go out without a hitch. So welcome. Welcome to the show today. I want to talk to you about how to relieve stress in the present moment, especially when you can't get away from your kids. So <laughs> a lot of times they say that the way that we serve tends to be an area that we struggle, have struggled the most. And this is definitely one of those areas that I have struggled a lot with. As we talked about last week, um, I struggle with anger and yelling. A lot of that stems from some anxiety. Hello, Facebook user. I can't see who you are, but hello. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, a lot of that stems from anxiety and just um, a lot of anxious thoughts that just bump around in my head all day long. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that I have found that have helped me the most in dealing with the stress of everyday life. So the very first one is going to be to re-enter the present moment. So for me, uh, when we entered into COVID lockdown last spring, um, I was in the middle of some very intense and wonderful counseling through Catholic Psych, Dr. Greg Botero's Catholic Psych. I had read his book, The Mindful Catholic, and had begun to understand a little bit about how the mind works and um, yeah, how the mind works and then how we can break this cycle of spiraling and anxiety and stressful thoughts and all of those things. And so one of the most helpful things that I learned from his book and from his uh, his talks is this little prayer. It's set, it goes, ever-present God, here with me now, help me to be here with you. And there would be times, especially in dealing with, I don't know if you've ever been through a really stressful time. Um, maybe you're dealing with something, maybe there's a, a loss in the family, or maybe uh, there's a stressful situation at work, or you're dealing, maybe you're in counseling and you're dealing with some things from the past maybe, or other things that are sort of triggers for you for a lot of anxious feelings. And it has nothing to do with anyone around you, but you tend to take, or we tend to take out those feelings on others. And it can be a really tough place to be. And I found myself there in some ways, right at the beginning of lockdown. I had actually been searching for a silent retreat somewhere, or a healing retreat of some kind, just because I had, after a couple of months of counseling, I had come to this place where I realized where I needed some deeper healing, uh, where God really wanted to reach me, even though I was really struggling with letting him touch, touch those places in my heart. And here I was about to plan a retreat, and we all get shut down. And I'm here, my husband is an essential worker, and so he was gone you know, most of the days and I was responsible for all the other things, you know, how it goes, because all of us went through it. Um, the kids and the home and schooling and all of that. And I just remember being like, God, why did you bring me here? And I feel like I can't deal with it. And he just really spoke in a loving way and, and just a very um, 
direct way that he was, he really spoke to me that the, the home and being with my family at that time was how I was going to find the healing that I desired. Because if you think about, say your kid is crying. Um, okay. There's two, there's two situations, right? We love our children, love them to death. Um, we give our lives for them, right? So your child is, you're imagining the scene, you close your eyes and you're like on this beautiful picnic in the, in the, on a hilltop and it's like blue skies and there's flowers everywhere. And your child is like well-behaved and joyful and like just comes and brings you this flower and says, I love you, mama. And of course you're filled with love for that, for that child. And so you just want to love them right there. And it's super easy to do that. And then an opposite situation might be the baby is up. You know, the same baby might be up in the middle of the night crying because they had a nightmare or they need to eat if they're still nursing or something like that. And you're losing sleep and you still get to choose to love them in that. Which situation do you think actually brings us closer to God in growing our virtue? Well, the harder situation, um, obviously. So that was what I found myself in was this place where I was supposed to open myself up to healing and really allow God to touch those places. But at the same time, I had to really fight for that time alone, fight for that time with him, um, but also among my children. So one of the ways that he suggests you do this is one, this prayer, ever present God here with me now, help me to be here with you. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I would just close my eyes and just say that <laughs> maybe if I needed a little more patience or I was really struggling in the moment. And another way, which uh, I think probably a lot of us experienced was being able to play, being able to be with my kids and just freely play with them. Um, maybe that's getting down on the floor and doing a puzzle. Maybe that's reading a book. Maybe you don't love reading books to your kids, but that's reading a book anyway. Um, maybe that's drawing countless chalk creations on your driveway and writing scripture or doing the masking tape on the driveway and coloring all the sections different colors. I know I'm not the only one here that knows what I'm talking about with that. So just being with your kids, being able to play with them. And that is a really great way to enter into the present moment. Um, obviously, if you are tempted to yell at them, maybe take a step out, maybe go outside, take a deep breath, say the ever-present God prayer. Um, but, you know, maybe if you're not, maybe just say, you know what, drop whatever you're doing, dishes, whatever, and just get down, get down and play, because I promise you, you won't regret reentering the present moment that way. So that's the first one that I wanted to talk about today. The second is put your phone away. And I am preaching right back to myself, like all of us need to hear it, I think, all the time. <laughs> um, put your phone away. Maybe plug it in somewhere if you need, if it needs to be charged and go outside. Um, if you're not able to do that, if you need, you know, to be accessible by phone call or emergencies or something and you don't have a watch that'll tell you, um, maybe put it on do not disturb for a little bit. Um, no scrolling. Don't go to the news on your phone. Maybe even deleting Facebook for a time. Um, I know that, uh, let's see, it was, I guess it was a couple of summers ago. Uh, it was before COVID hit. Oh, a group of ladies and I, there's a, a challenge. It's called the Fiat Challenge. It's similar to Exodus 90 for men, but it is Fiat 90. And we did it with a group of ladies. And we found this college age version and we modified it because all of us were moms with young kids and some of the, the things were just not realistic. But one of them was to get off of social media for 90 days. 
And I was at this point had never given up Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. Um, and I just was like, how am I going to do that? I just, I just don't know. So I deleted it off my phone. I allowed myself, I want to say, well, I really didn't even go on during the week at all either. Uh, I tried to get on the computer on Sunday if I were going to check things or notifications, like if I was in groups or things that needed to be updated, I just did it on my computer, uh, if at all possible. And what I really found was like a, a lot of my anxiety and a lot of that busyness that tends to fill my mind just really was able to dissipate. And I was able to refocus on God, refocus on the present moment around me, refocus on the people that were in my care. Not to say it's not good to be up with things in the world and, and what's going on, but it can be so easy to get so wrapped up in it uh, that it, we really allow that circumstance of what is happening around us to affect our internal peace and our internal freedom and our internal um, just desire to even serve God. It, it can be one way, like Peter walking on the water, that we can take our gaze off of Christ. And those things, if they're doing that, are not, they're not good for us. And if those are the attachments that are keeping us from a closer relationship with Christ and a closer, closer relationship with the people around us, uh, that's not going to be the relief that we think it is when it comes to um, breaking up with you know, social media or dealing with our anxieties or stress that we might be feeling. Um, yeah. So that's just something that has been really helpful for me. And the Metanoia Catholic um, coaching podcast, it's called the Catholic coaching podcast. I would highly recommend it. I probably have every episode, honestly, because it's just been such a game changer for me. They have this amazing episode about buffering. Um, that is a, so when we went, we might get on our phone and scroll uh, another word for that could be that you're buffering. You're doing something that is, uh, it's an action that we take to change, to avoid, or to resist feeling an emotion. So we're feeling stress, maybe, uh, for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe we're tired. Um, maybe we need some sleep. Maybe we need to eat something. Maybe there's a situation that's on our mind and we're trying to work it out, like what we are going to say or do. And um, that buffering is something, it's, it's like it numbs something. So we're maybe feeling this feeling of sadness or grief or um, anxiety or worry. And we don't want to feel that. So we turn to something else to try and numb that sensation out, to make it pass. And um, I think Lisa Canning actually just in her stories today talked about an experience that she had about um, scrolling. And it's like, it's never gonna give you the answer you need. Like maybe, maybe, you know, God will use that to like put some scripture if you have a good feed on Instagram or something, some scripture in your way that you're gonna see. But it's far better to just in those moments to just disconnect from that and just reconnect with that emotion. And if we just feel it, uh, I've learned this through the Metanoia Catholic Academy that I've been participating in. They had an incredible emotion management workshop in July talking about all these emotions. Like we, we do so much to avoid feeling those emotions. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe you want community. Maybe uh, you're feeling sad because you have a newborn and you can't, you can't see people the way you used to, or you're too afraid because of everything happening in the world that you're just paralyzed and, and you just can't, you don't want to go out of your house but you avoid, we avoid feeling those things. Uh, we do everything we can to avoid it. But if we would just process that, if we would just sit with Jesus and, and tell him how we're really feeling, 
it's not like we're going to be in it forever. I think we have this idea that we're going to have to sit in that sadness forever. And once we feel it, like that's it, we're just going to be in the, in the muck, you know, for a long time, but that's not true. Once we can feel that and give it back to Jesus so he can redeem that emotion, we can see how we're acting, how we're doing these things like scrolling, um, like trying to get on our phone. I mean, how many times have I caught myself even uh, maybe I, I pick up my phone to respond to a text message and then I get distracted. And before I know it, I'm on Facebook checking notifications or something like that, or even my email. And I realize like my kids are right there in front of me and I'm completely ignoring them and they're seeing me on this device. And that's not the way I want my kids to remember me. Lisa, Lisa Canning talks about on her, I think it's her conquer your calendar workshop. Um, like, what do you want your kids you know, you, you write an obituary and you're like, what do you want your kids to say about you at the end of your life? And I for sure do not want my kids to say that my mom was always on her phone uh, and that her phone was more important than maybe my feelings or my needs. And so I really have to do that work to disconnect. And so when we're in that present moment, when we're in that stress, it may feel like reaching for our phone is going to relieve stress, but that is, that's not the case. Like, it's just, it's just going to numb it out and it's going to come out later. Maybe, maybe you'll be fine that day, but it's going to come out another time. If you're feeling sad or lonely or any of these other emotions or angry, uh, it's going to take, it's going to take its toll on your body um, and your life. You know, these, these buffers, these, these behaviors that we do, it could not be scrolling for you. It could be even watching TV. It could be, um, making a phone call. It could be making research or spreadsheets. Like how many times we were, you know, trying to Google information or, um, making a spreadsheet or a plan, like you're going to do this thing and you have to make this plan. Um, it could look so many different ways. Maybe you're like, Oh, I'm going to go weed the garden because it needs garden like weeding, but maybe that's not the time to go weed the garden right now. And that if you're not being honest with the way that you are that we're processing our emotions and that can be a barrier of intimacy, not just with Jesus in our lives, but also with the people around us. And it can be really hard if we don't know how to process our own emotions to be able to share those with our spouse and with our kids and, um, and be, you know, be more authentic with them of what's going on. So I encourage you here, have some phone free time every day, whether that's 15 minutes, whether that's, you know, whatever you can do, maybe plug it in and go outside and play with your kids or go play a game or something where you really detached and you're just showing them that you're really present with them. Uh, this is something I really fight to do in my own life. And it's just paid dividends as far as how my kids have responded to me. And then them seeing me have regular time where I'm not glued to the phone. So the third thing I want to talk about today is making time for prayer daily. So why? First of all, why should we pray? I bet you, I mean, I've had this thought before where you have this thought, maybe I need to pray or I should pray. I should pray. Yes, you should. And yes, you need to. But why are we praying? It's because we are daughters or sons, if there's any men listening to this, we are daughters of a king. And if we think of our own young children they deserve to spend time with us, right? We would say that kids deserve their parents' attention, even if we struggle with distractions on our own front. Children deserve to have our time. And we are children of a father who wants to give his love and his life and his spirit to. But if we don't make that time for him, then he has no space to move because he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself upon us. He's going to be gentle with us. He's going to let us come to him 
And even if we don't desire it right now, you know, even that prayer of Lord, help me to desire to desire you, even if you don't want him yet. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that prayer. Like, I don't even know how to pray. I'm, I'm exhausted or I'm angry or I'm frustrated. And, and maybe that's directly toward God, but it's like, I want to want you. So just help me to want you. Um, you deserve that time with the Lord. And I love Father Jacques Philippe talks about in one of his books, I, I want to say it might be interior freedom. It's either interior freedom or searching for and maintaining peace or the way of trust and love. One of those three. But he talks about how as little, we all have some time to give the Lord as little as maybe five minutes and maybe more, but we should and need to give that time for him to him, not only for our own, like to fill our own cups, but also because we deserve that time with him. And so don't beat yourself up. If all you have is five minutes right now, like make those five minutes, set those, those five minutes aside, be intentional, tell your father that you're there, you're with him, even if it's just silence and you're not just like working your way through a devotional. I mean, if all you have is five minutes, maybe that's the best way is to maybe read the gospel of the day and then just sit, sit with him and let him speak to your heart and just tell him that you're there and that you love him and that you want to serve him because that uninterrupted time is just, he can do, he can multiply that. And then he might multiply your desire to where you want to spend more and more time with him because scripture living in that scripture, it's like putting on your armor for battle. You have to have that. The more we are in scripture, the more we can recognize God's voice in that moment and beyond. I love what St. Therese of Lisieux says. I want to say this is in the way of trust and love because that's the book Father Jacques Philippe wrote about St. Therese. And she talks about how many times she doesn't have many consolations in prayer. But what she does, she's like, I don't worry about that because I don't need the consolations when I'm in the father's arms. I don't need the consolations when I'm in his presence. When I need those consolations is when I'm in the world. And so what she said is that sowing those seeds of prayer with the Lord in the quiet in those times when you are feeling stressed in the moment, and I mean, I can count so many times I've been here. Uh, you can kind of close your eyes and go back to that intimate time that you had with the father, whether it was that morning or it was the night before, uh, where you can touch into that and you can say, okay, I know God is good. And you can sort of reconnect. And what does she say? Yeah. And so the light comes later, but we don't necessarily need these consolations and prayers. So it's important to show up, whether it's dry or whether it's not, or whether you're feeling the light of Christ in that moment or not, because he will show up later when you need his consolation, when you need his spirit to, to maybe move in you to reach someone else or to be patient with your child when they did something for the hundredth time that you've been asking them to, you know, trying to teach them how to do. I mean, our role as parents is to teach them and whew, teaching requires a lot of patience, a lot of patience, because we just have to be so loving with our kids in that process. So it's just so important. This is a little bit of a, a, a trick because it's not something necessarily that you can do in the moment, except for obviously you can pray in that moment. But what your commitment is to that time daily, that is what is going to give you that grace for that moment when you are struggling to be able to tap into that grace of the sacrament of your baptism and the sacrament of your confirmation, the spirit that lives in you that raised Christ from the dead. Like it is there, it is there for us to access. So that leads me into the next one, which is using trust as a weapon. Trust is a word. I 
still am learning. This year is actually, I think, my year of trust, honestly. Uh, St. Faustina is my saint of the year, and it has always been a big struggle for me. Um, I shared that I struggle with anxiety, and anxiety can often be rooted in just this, this doubt, this worry that you're not going to be taken care of. And um, God has just been slowly helping me learn how to how to trust him more. So even if you don't feel like you trust, you know, take this moment to say, Jesus, I trust in you. It's another great short little prayer where you can just reconnect with the presence of God in your life and remember what he promised us, what he gave us. And if you do have more time, I highly recommend doing the, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It's really easy to learn and it's very quick. It's something easy that you could do in the three o'clock hour, if that's a good time, great time for you, uh, or even any time of day. I'm sure uh, I've done it often as I'm falling asleep. Um, if I know I'm a little wound up, I can usually finish that before I fall asleep. Uh, but it does just really bring my soul so much peace to reconnect with what God has promised us that he is trustworthy and that he is good. So again, kind of connected to prayer is to pray for grace, to pray for that grace, because how many times, you know, are we like in Mark nine, verse 24, I do believe help my unbelief. I think it's prefaced by the man saying to Jesus, if you can help me. And Jesus is like, if, if I can help you. And he's like, no, 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 I do believe, please help me in my unbelief. And I feel so many times like, okay, yes, that's, that's right. You know, um, God knows how weak I am. He knows, he knows how weak we are. He knows how much we're going to doubt. Even if we've seen miracles in our lives, how easily we just go back and question his goodness or question our own discernment or whatever that is. And even just going back to that hum humble place and saying like, God, I do believe, help my unbelief. I know that you want to be present here in this moment. I know you don't want me to turn to those things that are not you like alcohol or caffeine, like getting coffee or, um, or, you know, what we talked about scrolling on the phone, like, I know you don't want me to go to those things. So I'm so completely reliant on your grace to help me to not go to those things. You know, doubt is completely normal. I think um, I have felt so ashamed sometimes of being doubtful. And I think that what I've discovered is just how much in my weakness of doubt, God just wants to bring his power of trust. You know, he says, um, my power is made perfect in weakness. That has been a scripture that has just not left me over the last few years, four or five, I guess it's been like four years. That's just been like at the forefront of my mind. Um, and it's just been a journey of how that's unraveled in my own life. And so many times I just don't even want, I don't know that I believe it, but I, I, you know, I come to him anyway and I'm like, okay, I, I want to, I want to serve you. I want to want to serve my kids. You know, I want to embrace my vocation more as a mom. I want to help my husband. Um, even when they're not really helping me back, you know, um, or serving me, like I want to be the one that served, but the way that we, the way that we find our joy is really, is to be a gift to others. So, yeah. So just pray for the grace. If you're struggling in that moment, pray for the grace. Like, Lord, I believe, I believe that you can come right now and take a deep breath and trust that he is going to follow through because he loves you and he loves the people around you. He loves the people. He loves your children. You know, he doesn't want us to hurt the people around us, but we have that free will to choose and, and to choose that formation of what we're going to do with our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings. So the next thing is choose the action and move forward. Okay. If there's anything I have learned 
like over and over and over again in the last year. I learned it from my mentor, Lisa Canning. I'm sure she might have gotten it possibly from the woman's school, January Donovan. I don't know where she first heard it. Action brings clarity. Okay. So many times we spiral in like discernment of like, we feel like we want to do something, but we're not sure. Or we're just like, um, which running plan should I do instead of just, okay, pick one and go. And if it doesn't work, then then just change it. You know, we're so worried about it being perfect or exactly what we're supposed to be doing. So take a step. Are you stressed because you have a lot of laundry to do and it's all over your bedroom? I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just kidding. I totally am. Then, you know, do a little laundry. Um, are you stressed because you need to send that email out to your client list and um, you just really don't know what to say? Or you don't want to be perfect. Like just, just write the email, just do it. Um, you want to post on Instagram, like just make a post. Does it have to be perfect? The most perfect picture with the, uh, with the perfect caption. Nope. Like you can always go back later and, and do it again. You know, I mean, just take a step forward, just move. Um, you don't learn to run a 5k unless you practice running because you can't go out there and run 3.1 miles. Um, I'm a big runner, so I'm going to reference, <laughs> I say a big runner. I have not run since November of last year, but that is a story for another time. I am working on getting my strength and my core back so that I can resume running again. But I like to use running because that was a big part of um, my spiritual de development in my adult life. So take a step. Um, and at the least, at the very least, say you, you can't take any steps, like maybe you can get out and take a walk. I don't know how many times my husband would get home from the hospital when we were on lockdown. And I'd be like, I'm leaving. See, see ya. Maybe I was going for a training run. Maybe I was just going to take a bicycle ride. I don't know. I needed to get out and I needed to just put some space between I needed to move my body. So if that's all you can do, move your body, maybe stretch, go for a walk, do something, but take action. Do not stay stuck in the spiral of inaction because that will only feed your stress and anxiety more. I speak from experience. <laughs> so uh, the next step, and I love that the Metanoia Catholic Journal, if you don't have it, I highly recommend it. Um, one of the first steps, the second step is to write 10 things that you are grateful for. And I've never been great at maintaining a journal, like a gratitude journal before, just because I already journaled. And I was like, well, then I'm going to like do another journal. And I'm like, I don't want two journals. Anyway, it was just a lot to keep up with. Um, and so I just never stuck with the practice. So what's been beautiful for me is because my Metanoia Catholic journaling is my prayer time now, so many things get wrapped up into that one little special time that I have with the Lord. And one of those is 10 things that I'm grateful for. So it is a discipline. It takes a mental strength. I can't tell you sometimes the gratitude portion takes me the longest of any of them because I'm struggling with what to put. That's not, you know, yeah, sometimes I'll put things like, you know, fuzzy blankets or something that's a little bit more superficial. Um, and the point is to find things in your life that you're grateful for. But um, one of the other things that I love too was like, if I'm struggling with um, maybe my parenting that day and I'm just, I don't know, just struggling with that. One day I remember writing two things that I love, like that I was grateful for about each of my kids because, uh, and my spouse, because I really just wanted to focus on the things that I really loved and the things I was grateful for about the people around me. Um, so another thing, and I don't know that she uses this word grateful, but I don't know how many of you, and typically I don't, I don't keep up with TV at all, but there was apparently uh, an America's Got Talent 
audition, like a golden buzzer video from a singer. Uh, she goes by Nightbird. And if you want a good little cry or you just want to be inspired, she has, she like is actively fighting cancer and went and sang on this audition. And I cannot get over how beautiful her voice is. It's just so unique and so beautiful. And she said something about like waiting until life isn't hard to choose to be happy. And I think it can really apply to gratitude. We don't have to wait to have maybe the things that we, we want um, that are in our goals and our dreams and our desires in order to be happy. Um, a little bit of a side, a side note on that. I was listening. I think it was a life coaching school podcast, but we were, we, I was going through this exercise of going through maybe dreams or desires of things that I wanted. And what she suggested doing was to write one thing that you wanted that you don't have. And then in between you write something that you wanted that you actually do have. And it was a really it was similar to a gratitude, but it was almost this different feeling where it was like, I remember a time when I really wanted that thing. And then to be able to write that after the fact just really helped me to realize how much God like desires to give us and how generous he really is with those things. So I encourage you, you know, even if you want to take this to another level and write a list of things like 25 things that you want, desires, things that you would like in your life, but make sure that every other one you write is something that you did desire at some point And God has answered that prayer and he has given that to you. So yeah, choosing gratitude is a great way to just, even if you have to say, I'm so grateful that I have food for this child to spill on the floor. If that's what the trigger is for you, you know, just find some way to be grateful. The next thing is to reach out. And so what I mean by this is text, call somebody that you love, um, Maybe see how somebody else is doing. Uh, let somebody know that you're thinking about them. Just that human connection can really help to kind of bring us back down. Um, yeah, bring us back down to the people around us that we love, to the connections that we already have with people and make us feel not quite so alone. And then the last thing is to ask for help. So this is, do you need food? Do you need groceries? Did you do a grocery run and you forgot something and somebody, you know, you're struggling and you know, somebody's going to the store. Maybe you can ask somebody that maybe doesn't have their kids at home. So it's a little easier for them to go to the store and pick something up or, you know, you're struggling and you need some dairy free almond creamer because, and you, you know, somebody says, Hey, how can I help you? And they're like, Hey, can you bring me some foil and some dairy free almond creamer or this brand? Yeah, <laughs> I could do that. Like, to give somebody like to give somebody the opportunity to serve you, usually people are willing and ready to help, you know, but we really, they don't know that you're struggling if you don't ask for help. You know, we are not in this alone. We are not meant to do this alone. And God wants to give us the people around us are as a gift. You know, some people, this is a lot easier. It, it comes to them so much easier than others, but I would just challenge you um, ask for help. There's people I'm sure in your life that are willing. Maybe you're just having a bad day. We don't have to reserve bringing dinner and flowers or whatever to people that have just lost a loved one or um, or just had a baby. We can bring dinner or flowers or something to people all kinds of times when they're struggling. Um, and I know I would love the opportunity if I knew a friend that was struggling to bring them their favorite coffee drink or beverage or maybe pick up what they forgot at the store. So just keep in mind that people are willing and ready to help whenever 
whenever they're given the opportunity. So these are like the nine tips that I have that I have found really help me when I am stressed out in the moment and just need a little, a little boost. So I have really enjoyed today's show. If you like it, give me a thumbs up, subscribe to my channel on YouTube, follow me on my page, share it with a friend. That is how people are going to know that I'm here on this little corner of the internet with my show. And also I will put a link to my email list. You can sign up on my email list and today, and I've got this little freebie here. It's the outline of what I talked about today so that you can put it up visually, have it somewhere so you can remember all these different ways that you can have a little bit of help if you're struggling with stress in the moment. So I've had a great time with y'all today. Look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.